Welcome to the Mental Health Marriage, episode number 11, Wanting Too Much and Not Enough. This is a podcast for the spouses and partners of those who are mentally ill. I'm your host, and for the sake of my husband's anonymity, you can call me M. As the spouse of a man with bipolar 2, I will share my story, my struggles, and my insights with you. And I hope to host interviews with inspiring people like you whose stories need to be heard. I hope to build a community where we can all laugh and cry together at the paradox and irony that mental illness can be, and that we can help each other keep it together and thrive despite the major setbacks. I believe that we create our futures and that we can make better lives for ourselves and our families. Well, listeners, thank you all for being here today. I'm sorry that I have been a, I won't say terrible host, but somewhat neglectful podcast host in the last couple months. This year has just flown by already, and it has been a crazy winter. We had more snow than this region has like ever seen that I'm living, and we had so many days where they canceled school. And then on top of it, I had a sinus infection and found out I had to get a root canal and all this lovely medical business. So I was kind of taken down. And then I also have just been having so many technical difficulties lately. I've actually had a couple of interviews lined up that got canceled because of illnesses and also because of my own problems with my recording equipment. So there is more to come and there's a lot of exciting things to look forward to in the next few months. But for today, I just wanted to give you a quick little episode as a sign of good faith that this podcast has not died. It's not going anywhere. And I did kind of feel a great stirring in my heart that there's something I wanted to share today. But before we get into the topic, I'll just give you an update. I was doing those updates early on of just how we're doing and what daily life is looking like. And daily life... (laughs) For those with mental illness in the dead of winter can sometimes be worse. Um, I personally tend to be get a little bit of seasonal affective disorder. It's pretty manageable for me. Like if I maintain regular exercise and just make sure that I'm doing things that fill me up every day, I'm okay. But I just noticed my energy was just really low the past couple months. And I still made myself do all the things that a mom must do. But my husband's energy was also just, he's been really low. He's been okay. He still has been sleeping. He's still been sleeping in the bed with me. So that in and of itself is just really hopeful. His current concoction of meds that he's on hasn't stopped working for him as far as managing his sleep goes. But I know he's just really worn out. He made a comment after work yesterday about how he wished he didn't have to be the breadwinner. And it made me just feel so... It's just hard because I get that. I think that's a true statement. Like, he probably would be better off if he wasn't the breadwinner. But it's also like, hey, why figure out how to support our family? And I'm like, it's not for lack of trying, and maybe we will get there. But if I'm going to be able to have the money-making potential that you do, it's going to take a lot of time. And I don't know. So... It's just, it's hard. I wish I could take that burden totally away from him. But at this point with our young kids, that's not really an option. But I know that it's also, he told me yesterday, he's like, it's not like I don't like my job. I just don't have the energy for it. And that's really hard. Energy is everything. And for me, lately I've been hitting an afternoon slump that's 
I hit it harder than normal. Like it's normal to have like the peak trough recovery period every day. But I swear when two o'clock comes, if I don't lay down and close my eyes, I will like fall over. (laughs) So I was trying to figure out why that is. Like, am I bored or is there something off with my thyroid? What do I need to do? So I'm hoping that some sunshine will help. And I think the fact that spring is coming is just good in general. But we also have a wonderful thing to look forward to as a family. We are actually taking a vacation to Disneyland in two days. So we will be there for a week. My in-laws are coming with us for a few days. And it's going to be so great. My husband planned this six months ago. He bought the plane tickets like so early. I'm always, I don't like to plan that far in advance, but he just really wanted this to happen. So And I'm definitely all for it. I'm a huge fan of Disney. So we are going, but I will just say of all the hopes and excitement that I have, there's that side of me as the wife of (laughs) someone who has a mental illness that's like, oh, please, bipolar, do not ruin this vacation. (laughs) It's expensive to fly your whole family to California, to pay for the hotels, to pay for Disneyland tickets. It's expensive. So that's one part of it, and it's it's just a big ordeal to get your family to a place that's far away, and he does not travel super well. He would argue on that statement with me, but he really doesn't. He He's really tall, and he doesn't fit on airplanes, and his sleep routine gets thrown off, so there's just a lot of things that could go wrong. So, and from my experience with the amusement park that we went to last fall, I'm like, if you act like that, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can take it. But I think I've also been able to help myself prepare maturity-wise and say, no matter what happens with him, I am going to treasure this time with my kids. I am going to live in the moment and appreciate all the wonderful things this vacation has to offer. I'm going to take lots of pictures. I'm going to eat some ice cream. I'm going to savor the experience and cherish the memories that it creates And he doesn't need to ruin it for me. So I think from taking away the burden, I think sometimes I used to view a travel companion like you're the one who's going to make this experience for me. Like obviously I need to bring my pleasantness, but for me that's never a problem. I'm actually a very pleasant traveling companion. If you know me and disagree, then we'll have a conversation. But (laughs) I, I'm... I feel like pretty fun to be around. I'm relaxed, but also organized enough to not create chaos. So I know that I'm going to show up in a positive way on this vacation, but you know, it's his vacation too. And if there's something he wants to do that I don't want to do, I'm kind of mentally preparing myself to just let him do the things that he wants to do. And if he needs to go home in the middle of the day and take a nap at the hotel, that doesn't need to ruin my day. So from being married to him for as long as I have, I think I'm able to kind of predict some of the things that could go wrong so that I can mentally prepare ahead of time. Like this is a normal thing that might happen and it doesn't mean he doesn't love you or the family or that he's a grump or a stick in the mud. So I'm just throwing all that away. That's not what it means. It means he wants to enjoy the vacation. So in order to get the fullest amount out of it, he needs to take care of himself first and he has the freedom to do that. So I'm optimistic. I think it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be 78 degrees. So that in and of itself, sunshine is always good for everyone. So I'm really excited and wish us luck. (laughs) And that's the other part. I really am just very grateful because, uh, you know, five years ago, 
we couldn't afford this vacation. We couldn't afford the time. We just couldn't have done it. And it probably wouldn't have been fun even if we did because our marriage was under such strain and he was much worse off with where he was with his mental health. So just the fact that our family's able to do something like this causes huge gratitude in me. I'll add a personal note. Um, The last time I was in Disneyland, my two sisters came. So it's actually pretty crazy. This, um, this trip didn't seem like it was going to work out with my sisters, but it did. And it ended up that my, my younger sister died that same year. And so we had that last beautiful Disneyland trip together and it was just perfect in every way. And so I haven't been back since that time. So I guess there's a part of me that's a little worried that I'll be like completely emotional being there, oh, thinking about it. Yeah, it's probably good that I'm processing this right now. But yeah, I think I'm going to see her around every corner. But I'm hoping that that can be a beautiful thing. Like she can be there with me instead of having it be like, great, now Disneyland is ruined. <laughs> you can't ruin Disneyland. It's impossible. She would not want Disneyland to be ruined for me. So I'm just hoping that... Um, a part of her can be with me for that time. So I don't even know if I shared anything useful just now, but basically, yeah, the winter's been a little hard, but we've made it through and I just am looking forward to the spring and this vacation hopefully is going to be really good. So the thing I wanted to touch on today, I'm going to start by sharing a story of an, of something that happened in one of my therapy sessions more than a year ago. I was just really distraught. I don't remember the overarching theme of the conversation, but I know I was just listing off all the things that I wanted my husband to be better at. I wanted him to enjoy things more. I wanted him to feel more deeply. I wanted him to have hobbies again. I wanted him to have a job that he enjoys. And I asked my therapist, like, should I just say, Never mind the fact that you don't cheat on me, the fact that you have a job and that you're respectful to our kids. Should that just be enough? Should I stop wanting more? And I was so sure he was going to say, you know what, you do just need to appreciate things for the way they are and you're placing too many demands on him. That was the, the answer that I was expecting. And he looked at me and he said, if you truly desire him to be happier on a deeper level, that can't be wrong. And I just burst into tears because, I mean, it felt that way. Obviously, if our spouses were happier and better off, of course we would be better off because our emotions reflect off of each other whether we like it or not. But it just, it's painful to detach yourself. Everyone listening will know what I'm talking about because You don't want to get sucked into the black hole of sadness. I have been there so many times and my sadness just makes his sadness worse and it creates a cycle of desperation. But it also kind of hurts when you say, you know what, I don't want to be sad anymore and the only reason I'm sad is because you're sad. So I'm just going to not have that affect me anymore. If you're sad, that's your thing. I'm going to continue being happy. And for me, this has actually been a really good thing and it works most of the time. But then it comes down to the question of, I love this person. I truly, deeply want him to be happy for his own sake. And he's not. 
now does this need to make me sad or like what do I even feel about that that's the same thing I've mentioned before where he tells me that he's having a bad day or that he doesn't feel well I want him to feel heard but I don't want to place myself in that emotional hole with him necessarily it's really hard it's like empathy can be so valuable but if I'm constantly mirroring his emotions I'm gonna have a less happy life unless I decide to leave. So it just seems like an impossible situation. So I've really been thinking about it a lot. And I, I, it came to mind that before I met my husband, I was, I was 26 years old at the time. And I thought I was old. I really realized now that I was not, but I had had quite a bit of life experience and I had just gotten out of a relationship, which was so terrible and so pointless like I wouldn't I wouldn't even go on a second date with this person now because I'm more self-aware and healthier but I dated this person for nine months and it was just terrible so I was fresh out of that relationship and feeling positive and feeling more clear about what I wanted and I remember people telling me like if you really want something it was kind of like introduction to manifesting things into your life and I guess I didn't really think about that before So someone invited me to make a list of all the things I wanted in a future marriage partner. And they encouraged me to be specific. And so I did. I took my journal. I was, I'm a pretty, pretty good journaler. It's been harder with kids, but so I pulled up this old journal entry and I figure I've already shared some pretty intimate details of my life. So I might as well read to you from my journal. So forgive me if this is too much, but I think it paints a pretty good picture of what I expected from my marriage and I want to kind of give an honest assessment of what's true and what's not and what's realistic and what's not. So this is from the end of 2009 and it basically just says, here are the things that I want. I want to experience great and profound love with a handsome man who I am mentally, spiritually, and physically compatible with and attracted to. I want to be best friends and be able to be open with each other about everything. I want to I want each other's company to be happy and addictive. I want to openly and frequently be able to talk about philosophical and spiritual things. This just makes me laugh. <laughs> I want to always be genuinely laughing when I'm with him. I want us to inspire each other to be better people and to do greater good in the world. I want him to be a good listener and be sensitive to the feelings and comfort of others. I want him to notice the beauty that is all around. I want him to be morally clean and have the same views about religion that I do. I want him to have a good singing voice and play either guitar, piano, bass, or drums. I want him to love it when I sing. I want his family to adore me. I want him to speak either Spanish or Mandarin. He totally speaks Spanish, guys. I want him to be responsible and willing to be a provider financially and emotionally. I want to have four or five kids and live in a nice neighborhood where my kids can play outside. I don't want to have to work too much when my kids are young. I want to always have a close bond with my siblings and have a great relationship with my in-laws and my parents. I want to have weekend getaways, road trips, camping trips, and once in a while somewhere cool that I've never been with my husband. I want us to live comfortably, but never let ourselves think that the... We need the things that are just wants. 
I want us to be smart with our money, but generous to those in need. I want to always keep my body beautiful and have my husband care about that too, so that we can always remain attractive to each other. I want to teach my kids healthy and moderate habits. I want my kids to like being around me and be able to tell me anything. I want them to have strong convictions and know who they are and not be afraid of life. I want to be able to go as a family to beautiful places in nature where we can all grow closer to each other and closer to God. I want my husband and I to have passion for learning, for life, and for each other. I need to emotionally recover from reading that entry. In some ways, it's so beautiful. And I see the pure naivete of my younger self. And I want to say to her, don't change a thing about those beliefs. Like, what you want, it still resonates with me. And I also think it beautifully lays out not what I want, but what I am. Like all those things are a a reflection of the person that I am. And as I read this, I do realize that probably most of these things are gifts that I can give myself. My relationship with my kids, my relationship with my family and my siblings even like where we live and how we interact with our daily lives, most of those things are up to me. And then I'm also I'm also grateful because the things that I listed about my husband, I remember when we got married, he pretty much ticked all of those boxes. The guy plays the piano and the guitar. He's super sensitive. He he used to be a good listener. He still can be. Um, he He really can be very sensitive to other people. And a lot of these things seem like, yeah, right, men like that don't even exist in the world. But he really is so many of these things. And we really do have so much in common. And even though I have questioned whether or not he's really my best friend, I think the more that we go through together and the more I allow myself to trust him, I think I'm getting there. It's me that's holding back that half of the relationship. I think he definitely views me as his best friend. And and I think for me that's always weird because it's like, well, if I say that you're my best friend, then what about my best friend who's a girl? (laughs) You know, I'm all like, am I cheating on my other best friend? But of course not. There's, you can have multiple best friends. So yeah, this list is an idealized version of my life. Now, if I compared this to every horrible thing that we have ever been through together, you can see why I lived so many years saying I've made a horrible mistake. (laughs) Like there were times when it felt like we had none of these things. So where is the balance? I, today I was, I'm, I'm really getting into downloading millions of um, audiobooks onto my phone from the library. And I have listened to a podcast by Gretchen Rubin for a long time. I've talked about her before. Um, But I've never actually read one of her books. And I'm reading The Happiness Project right now. And she was talking about a section about having more fun in your life. And And something about that triggered me today. I was like on the verge of tears this whole chapter about fun and what's actually fun for you. What do you enjoy? And I think maybe right now, I think we have joy in our lives. We love our kids. We feel grateful for what we have. 
And we actually do have those things like weekend getaways, fun family vacations. Like a lot of things are going really well. And my husband and I laugh together. It's not as much as I would hope, but like we do. But for some reason, this whole section on fun just made me feel so insecure because I feel like that's something that's missing because of bipolar. I think I'm still blaming him not being fun (laughs) on this disease. And of course, when I have no energy, I'm not fun. But it's kind of like the concept of act how you want to feel. And sometimes instead of laying on the couch wishing that you had more energy, if you actually got up and went and did something that's mentally engaging and fun to you, you actually would find that surge of energy. So I question if he really was able to start doing more things that were fun to him, would he get more energy? Would he derive more happiness out of these things? And I don't know the answer to that. We've had these conversations so many times. And he's like... I can do the things like he used to be really into. um, Have you ever seen those metal art things where it's like a a model, but it's made out of metal and the the pieces are very intricate. He used to really like to build those. Um, And when he was most depressed and coming out of the hospital, we'd always buy him a big pack of those and he would work through them. And he's like, yeah, I, I like doing those things. But he says, even when I do things like that, I don't really enjoy it. It's just like I make myself go through the motions. And those of you that have a spouse with depression, I'm sure you'll understand that. It's like depression isn't normal human sadness. It's something much deeper. And all the things that we try to do to fix it sometimes don't work. So it's really frustrating because I want to be happier in my life. I want to have more fun. But having fun with my family and with my partner, like that's a big part of it. And sometimes I feel like we're held back because of my husband. I know for a fact that I have friends that that our families know each other, but the husband didn't click with my husband because he seems socially withdrawn or weird <laughs> or he doesn't like things that other guys like. I think that's another problem. He's just not he's not into sports, he's not into hunting or fishing, he's not into a lot of the things that guys are into so he just doesn't even know what to talk about with other dudes and then his work is so far away that he doesn't really hang out socially with anyone he works with and he's like I don't have the time or the energy to make friends so like us having social engagements that are fun apart from our own immediate family it just doesn't seem to happen and me as you know I work I do the kids I do the house I have side projects of my own that I'm passionate about so I have things that I do that are fun for me, but things that are fun for him and I, or I don't know, I just find the the topic of fun to be really hard, but I feel like that's the next level for our marriage. And that's the next level for me is maybe making myself do things that I'm uncomfortable with that I know will benefit our fun and our happiness in the long term, but that seem just really hard right now. I don't know why this is, but I find making new friends with other couples to be very hard. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what it is entirely. (laughs) I feel like making friends with other women is still a little bit hard, but not that hard. So I struggle. And these are some of the things that I think about. And I'm sure that, that a lot of you feel the same way. It's like, 
you bring your spouse to the party and they're the buzzkill or they say something inappropriate or they look like they're just really bummed out or maybe they have substance abuse problems and they cause a big scene. I mean, there's just so many things that can go wrong when the meds aren't right or when they just don't feel good and they don't want to be doing these things anyway. So just I kind of want to hear from listeners about what do you do? What are some things that your partner has been willing to do when they don't feel well that have been pleasant for the whole family? We love to watch movies, and this is great. And I might have said this before, but I used to really fight my husband about TV because I just thought it was a waste of time and it was just sucking the hours out of our life and we were being unproductive and just kind of, it seemed really like mainstream. I don't like being like everyone else. That's always been a part of my personality. I like to do things differently, but sitting down in front of the TV every night just felt so conformist to me that it just really bothered me. And I fought it so hard in the first couple years of our marriage, but I gave up because he, this is how he relaxes. He thinks it's fun. And I admit, I actually love storytelling. I love comedy. I love movies. It's not like I don't enjoy them. And I love TV shows. I just guess I felt guilty for how much time I was spending on them, but I gave up. And so we do that together. We watch shows. We we like to watch all the Netflix comedy specials. Um, he always likes to watch things that are lighthearted because, you know, because <laughs> depression. <laughs> so that's one thing that we can do that we know we both enjoy. But I'm kind of like, so we got married, had kids, watched TV, and then we died. <laughs> that's how I feel. It's like, let's do some things that are more memorable. They don't have to be every day, but let's plan some things that make time slow down and are really meaningful with our kids so and he's I've said this before too he's really great at planning really cute things with the girls but if he is in charge of date night just forget about it (laughs) so maybe that needs to fall on me maybe I need to do better at coming up with creative and fun things to do as a couple one night a couple years ago we went to a park and threw the frisbee for date night And I love Ultimate Frisbee. If you know what that is, it's really fun. But So we just threw the Frisbee. And that date, I think, might be the most fun that we've had together, like, in the last five years. (laughs) So I don't know why we haven't done that more than once. Maybe now it's not novel anymore. So, But sometimes the simpler thing and the thing that involves being physically active is just more enjoyable than going and spending a bunch of money. So I don't know. I'm starting to get to the point where I'm rambling, but yeah, I think it's good to want more, but I also have really come to realize that appreciating what you have in the moment is key to happiness and being grateful. So I'm trying to find the balance between being grateful, but also purposely cultivating more joy in our lives, despite this illness and despite how he's doing on any given day. So I can't do it alone. I'm so grateful for every person I've been able to talk to because of this podcast, please keep sending me your emails to mentalhealthmarriage at gmail.com. And I hope you all have a wonderful day, no matter what's going on in your lives with your partners. 